My name is Emma Martin, and this is the Lazy Keto Mum Podcast. If you are looking for help with keto and low carb, you have come to the right place. Oh, have I got a very special guest for you today. I would like to introduce you guys to Vicky Grenham. I have known Vicky for about maybe two months, but we've been part of the same community for a lot longer than that. And she's got a super, super inspiring story that I wanted for you guys to hear. Vicky's been keto on and off for three months and five months at different periods of time. Overall, she's lost about 18 kilos. But most importantly, we know it's not about weight. She's dropped from an 18 pant size, and I'm going to go out on a limb and suspecting it might be stretchy pants, (laughs) and she's dropped down to a size 12. I wanted to pick Vicky's brains on what she has seen doing keto and low carb, what she's learned, and what tips she's got for you. So welcome, Vicky. How are you? Thank you, Emma. Thank you. Very good. Thanks. Question for you, what prompted you to start keto and low carb? What what was it in your life that was the catalyst? I've been struggling with my weight all my life, but I've done calorie counting all my life. I've done low carb, but not known really what it was about. And then somebody that I knew, a 73-year-old, started doing keto without any research and was eating all this fat. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have a look at that. I don't know that that's okay. And so that's how I discovered it. And I've done all my thorough research. I've learned as much as I can. I found you and I'm just absolutely sold on it. And it just seems the most natural thing in the world. Isn't it wonderful to have that natural feeling and that freedom from the crazy food hunts? And like, what other things have you seen? Oh, yeah. This constantness of no matter where you go, no matter where you look, there's signs for this food, signs for that food. You can't turn around without seeing a sign for takeaway. We're being bombarded all the time and trying to go to a supermarket and make sure you're not hungry when you go. But now I go and I have a look and I look at all the different things and see what's new on the market and interested in the journey of keto changing even our supermarkets. You're so right because I I think it's a big mindset since the food pyramid came in and when you eat opposite to the food pyramid. I mean, you mentioned going, oh, I think that fat's not good. But what did you see when you embraced that lifestyle? It absolutely works. And I've known for years, you know, that what we do doesn't work. What we've been told to do definitely doesn't work. So I was very open to it. And I literally, when I first started keto, I lost 12 kilos in a month and like any other diet in the world, that would have been extremely unhealthy. But the fat just melted from my stomach, just melted. It just I just couldn't believe how fast it went and I wasn't hungry. I stuck to what was on the diet. I had my fats, my good fats and my protein and the weight just fell off me. I finally found it. It is like that. It's like the fruit of Nirvana, isn't it? It's like, oh, my God, this is what I've been missing. How do we not know this stuff? So apart from the weight falling off, what else did you see? Well, I I live in chronic pain. I've had six spinal surgeries over 22 years and I have fibromyalgia, so I live in a lot of pain. 
And the weight loss is fantastic, but I sleep now and my inflammation is far, far less. So my pain's far less. I can, I go line dancing now for my exercise, for my rehab. And it's the most wonderful thing in the world. The music comes on, I can move. It's not just the size of me, it's how I feel. It's funny that you say that because I think we all were attracted because of weight loss. But then when you get these other things like, oh, my God, my brain works. Wow, I can actually do the things like I'm getting goosebumps listening to you. And I think it's all those other things that add up to, wow, okay, is this how we're supposed to feel? Is this how we're supposed to live? What do you think is your favourite benefit? It's got to be the reduced pain. It really has to be from a practical point of view. But the way it makes me feel is just so fantastic. In the beginning, am I in keto? Am I not? What am I doing? I don't have to think about it. Now I can tell how I feel if I'm in keto because it's like a little engine's turned on. You know, I've upgraded from my four-cylinder to my eight-cylinder and I'm and the little wheels are turning, just bouncing out of the skin a lot of the time. You know, there are moments we have low energy and it's when our bodies are fighting things or maybe we're not well or maybe we haven't got our salt or protein balance right. And so I know that's been a journey for you. When you first started keto, how did you start? I followed another lady online who put out a specific diet and I followed it to the letter. I got rid of all the food out of my house I knew I shouldn't have. I just bought the specific things that was on the diet and I stuck to it like glue. I don't know how, but you know, when the time's right and your brain is in the right place, that's when it works. It was the right time for me. Well, my subconscious had made my mind up. I'm actually a clinical hypnotherapist, so I'd been working on my brain for ages beforehand, and I did it in February last year for a month. So February is the smallest month of the year, so I thought I can tackle that. It's just that couple of days less. And the weight just fell off me. I was not hungry at all, and I had lots of energy. The people closest to me couldn't believe what was happening to me. I was changing before their eyes. And it's really funny when you change and people watch, they're, they're very sceptical because they're like, oh, yeah, when's she going to fall off? Because, you know, we've all spent forever falling off these inverted commas diets. When you lead and you move outside where you've been before, people get a bit challenged sometimes. They do. And I don't know. I think everybody actually listening will have known of a friend who's not deliberately but has sabotaged them. You start to change too much or they should lose weight too and they're challenged. And I've noticed a little bit of undermining, not deliberate. It's just we react when we see change and we don't often know how we're reacting and it's an interesting thing. I love that you've said that because mindset and the people we have around us, it's everything. And you touched Mm -hmm. on it before, if you're not ready to start a journey, you're not going to start. And there's often a catalyst of when people go, oh, okay, and then they'll all of a sudden be like, right, I'm ready now because either something's happened or somebody said something or they saw a photograph. How long did it take you to start? Oh, a year because the person that I I knew that went on keto without any research, that had been at least a year ago. And so I was following along, reading as much as I could 
all along the way, you're psyching yourself up. You're buying into the belief system that, hey, this can really make a difference to me. And you do compare your failures. You try not to, but you do uh, because it's how the human brain works. I fell off the wagon. And I think the biggest takeaway I've got is the first time I did it, I didn't have a backup plan. I didn't have the skills to have the food in the house I needed, which this time it's made a world of difference because the first time I got sick of the same old foods and I didn't have a love variety. But this time I've learned to make cake with almond flour. I've made cookie dough balls. I've made a lot of endless cheesecake. I was making a cheesecake a week because I'm a real sweet tooth. And I knew to solve my issues, I had to have sweet stuff. Cheesecake a week just for me. And I still, the weight just kept falling off me. I love that you've said that. The difference between strict keto, clean keto, lazy keto, dirty keto, like I reckon you've hit something on the head. Get in where it fits. If you can't stick to clean keto, and let's face it, who can? Because we're surrounded by stuff. Why not have the next best option? And why not have a blood sugar-friendly cheesecake if you need it? And that's why lazy keto in my mind works because I'm not missing out on anything. What (laughs) tips would you give around cleaning up food? What would you give to people who are maybe listening to this going, I should do that? Okay, I aim for clean keto, but I'm not going to knock myself on the head every time I fail. If I have a misstep or a failure, as we used to call it, I'm still on keto. If I say fall off, I'll have a piece of cheesecake and I'm still on there. There's no such thing as the wagon because wherever I am, I'm still in this little protected zone. I haven't fallen off at all. I think it's five months this time. I haven't had a little biscuit or anything because I make my own things and I have them in the fridge and the freezer And when I need them, I have them. I don't suffer. That's the key. Your brain doesn't like to miss out. We're not designed to not have what we want. You need to make what you want in the realm of things you're allowed. I actually use that type of thing when I do hypnosis with people. That's the hardest thing is not having an alternative. You need to have something that you enjoy. You want something that satisfies you when you need it. It's a very fine line. We had years of being told saturated fat's going to kill us, which was completely unproven and completely flawed. And now we've got this sick society. You mentioned before of not feeling hungry when you're eating these healthy fats that we've been told not to eat. What sort of fats did you put in and what did you take out? I have to admit I eat a lot of camembert cheese. The dog and I love camembert. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she could be asleep in my room and she can hear me open the camembert at the fridge and she's out there. (laughs) I'm coming Um, over. I'm on (laughs) board too. Every now and then I've got to put her on a diet because she does get a little bit too much camembert at times. No, I, I eat a lot of avocados. I don't use seed oils at all. And I've always used olive oil. So that's pretty good. I make a lot of my food with coconut milk. I eat a lot of Indian type food. I like very flavorsome food. Coconut milk just fits in beautifully with all those types of meals. 
amazing. And I think those are really, you know, you talk about butter and coconut milk and avocado, you know, those kind of fats are the things that we got told not to eat. You also touched on seed oils. So margarine, any of your margarine replacements, your heart healthy margarine replacements, those are inflammatory guys. And they're going to be driving pain and inflammation and your body not being able to clean out that inflammation. What's happened for you with your sleep and your pain since you've been keto and low carb sort of fairly consistently? See, normally I can't fall asleep. Once I lay down, the pain in my shoulders and neck is, is too much to sleep. Well, now on keto, my inflammation factor's way, way down. I can line dance, I can stand up and sit down, I can lay down, and as long as I go to sleep fairly quickly. And because I'm able to do more because I'm in less pain, then I can get more tired. So the combination of the keto solves every area of my life that's been an issue. I used to have to have sleeping tablets and now I might have a half of one every now and then. I'm more active because I'm not in as much pain. Someone said to me at line dancing this morning, oh, Vicky, I meant to say to you last week how good you're looking. You look really good. I said, thank you so much for telling me. That's incredibly inspiring in itself. Question for you, what's been your biggest aha moment with this? I think learning about ghrelin and leptin. I've always known there was something there. From when I was 13, waking up crying because I knew I was so hungry I'd eat too much. I knew there was a switch somewhere in my brain that was not working the same as other people. My sister was obese by two years of age and always has been, and I was at 13 thinking I was going the same way. And now I've learned that there's there's reasons and I'm normal but I'm just different and the fact that like as you say all the time insulin is your fat storing hormone when you mess up some of those hormones you're messing them all up when you're in keto everything's working the engines are ticking over nice and smoothly and everything works better in with everything now when I'm hungry I eat if I'm not hungry I don't eat now and I know why Whereas before, I was just always hungry and then always worried because I was hungry, so I was always eating. So look at that whole waste of my life, all those hours of worrying about it, and now I eat if I'm hungry and I don't if I'm not. You know, listening to you talk about that and even the difference from when we first met, listening to the, your thought process and how that's changed is, is unbelievably exciting because now you go forth and spread this message. Our current food pyramid is killing us. And it sounds drastic, but it's flipping true. When you eat carbs, guys, and you eat sugars, you break your balance of hormones because you spike insulin and carbs and sugar break your satiety hormone leptin and they bypass leptin. Leptin is supposed to teach you when you're full. But after years and years of breaking leptin and you become insulin resistant and leptin resistant, you can't hear when you're full anymore. You are hungry all the time because the seesaw is broken. I almost feel that I'm normal now, that I could make a mistake and just learn by it and get back on uh, on the system I was doing, whereas most of my life it's been failure, 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 and I don't even think about that anymore. Oh, my God heart's bursting right now. I'm so proud of you. What would you say to somebody who might be listening to this going, I still don't quite believe, is it going to kill me? What would your advice to them be? Read as much as you can. 
listen to research, the evidence. You need evidence. You need people like Emma that have done the research. Why start from scratch? Learn. We've had so many years of being told it's a certain way. But the figures show we're getting fatter and fatter and fatter and more and more unhealthy. It's obviously not working. Take that with both hands and say, well, there's got to be another solution. Low-carb low and keto is how we used to live, for goodness sake, before the 20th century, before the Industrial Revolution, before we started planting wheat to, to and other grains to eat. Go back to how we were, hundreds of thousands of years instead of just a few thousand years. What money has done to us in the last 70 years. Money makes the world go around. And you think about it, in Australia, wheat production is one of our biggest gross exports. And you imagine if the government said, this is going to change, we're changing the food pyramid, no more wheat. There's our biggest export market gone. So they can't change things quickly, but we can change our little circle of people. We can make our loved ones healthy and hopefully other people will follow. Right, people have to take uh, responsibility for their own health. And I guess it's scary going against the status quo. It's scary going against everything we've been taught. Two more questions I've got for you. Number one, how do people start in three steps? Get rid of the junk out of your house, buy food that is on the keto program and have a backup. Have things in the house that are keto. When you crave something, you've got something and you're still in keto. If you go off keto and you have carbohydrate, you've got to get rid of that out of your body. Such good tips. To clarify that, when you eat sugars and carbs, your blood sugar spikes, your body releases insulin, which has to store away the sugar as fat. When you re-eat and you re-feed with sugars and carbohydrates, your body is literally locked those fat cells and you can't burn them and it's a biological survival mechanism. You cannot release those fat stores because your body is going to burn what you've got in your system rather than letting go of its safety net. What's next for you? Just keep learning and start teaching, spread the word. I've got children and grandchildren I would like to help along the journey. A lot of friends I'd like them to know that it's possible and that's the direction I'd like to go. I'd like to be an evangelist. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know anybody like that, do you? (laughs) I can't imagine. (laughs) Well, I really want you to be an evangelist too because people need to hear about this and they need to understand that it's not a fad and it's just all about blood sugar and hormone balance. Is there anything else you want to add to that? I just love to say to people, just get back to the way it was. Get back to how we've been for hundreds of thousands of years. We are hunter-gatherers. We eat meat. We might find honey once a year. We might find fruit trees every now and then. For hundreds of thousands of years, we haven't eaten that food. But in our civilised societies, we're in abundance of the wrong things, the convenience. I mean, we are. We're hunter-gatherers and we're designed to not always be eating. That's it. If you um, you can check out Vicky's before and afters on the logo of this podcast. Thank you so very much for sharing. Thanks, Emma. Lovely to see you again.